an uncharted island. Let me list all the ways you're gonna die. Rain, heat, disease-carrying flies, and we haven't started on the things that want to eat your life. We'll double them. Plus a bonus if we make it back. If? In this dirty old part of the city Where the sun refused to shine Is that a monkey? live below us. I call them skull crawlers. Why? Because it sounds neat. Okay. Look, I just made that name up. I'm trying to scare you. I'm fine calling them that. Are you cool with that? Yeah, that, that seems like a good idea. I like the name. theater and the usher nods me in they know me here i descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about the door at the bottom opens and i walk in the sound of movie spoilers fill the air the barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back the rest of the crew are here already this is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. <laughs> Mad props to anyone who's willing to try to make a film project. And hello, everyone. Welcome to the spoiler room. We pound our chest. As we end, he's not Loki month here in the spoiler room. Yes, that's right. We've been looking at films where Tom Hiddleston doesn't play Loki. And this one has a few Marvel alum in it tonight as we are talking about 2017's Kong Skull Island. Very excited. I've got the soundtrack here on vinyl in the background. I just picked up recently. It was on sale. Waxworks had a half price seal. Don't. don't. Oh. Yeah, I jumped in on that. Sorry, did you? I no, no. Did you? Did you? What'd you get? What'd you get? Um, Alice, sweet Alice. Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah, that was sold out. I think by the time I did that, I got I got uh, Kong Skull Island, and then I got like Starry Eyes, and then I got Doctor Sleep, I like that one. and I got Doctor Sleep soundtracks on vinyl, and it was like forty percent off. So I was like, uh, I asked the wife. She's like, Yeah, fine. Rolls her eyes. Fine, but you have fine. to go cut the grass. <laughs> well, that's not a problem. I'll go cut the grass any day. She was just like. Yeah, fine. Okay, fine. 40% off. So there you go. Uh, but we're not enough of that vinyl talk. Uh, let's talk that another time. We're talking Kong Skull Island. And tonight, I've got a wonderful crew with me tonight uh, to talk about uh, this creature feature. First off, she's back with us from the horror retrospective. It's none other than Kara. Hello, Kara. How are you? Doing well. Glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, we we missed you. I knew uh, something came up or something you could uh, make uh, Lovers Left Alive, but uh, yeah, glad you could make this one. So, uh, which, by the way, Ian and I loved Lovers Left Alive. Not sure how you... Wow. How... <laughs> right? We agreed on a movie? I know, right? <laughs> Got to savor the good times, Mark. Save... As, uh... Yeah, I, I wished I had made it for that one. I actually... It was so weird. I enjoyed it. It's very different, but I know we're not reviewing that one today. No, it's okay. I, I was wondering how you, uh, your initial, how you kind of felt about that one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but tonight, folks, we also have Mr. Ian Simmons with us, guy who keeps coming back for more. Uh, I imagine he has some thoughts on this film, considering his other thoughts on the monster films that we've talked about, either in private or in public in the past. So, how you doing, sir? Well, it's good. I mean, I think I can, my part in this conversation, I have some thoughts, uh, like two of them. So I'm ready. I'm willing to get those out of the way and let you and Kara talk about how much you love Kong Skull Island. I might, I might be on my own Skull Island tonight. We don't know how Kara feels. We'll find out, though. But thank you, everyone else, for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair. I already popped my drink, my big Simply Spiked Lemonade. There you go. Big old can of it. Because Kong, it, it looks like green apple from here. Because yeah, it's the color of the webcam, but because it, it's as big, yeah. Kong I, Kong is big, so I have a big drink for a big monster kaiju film. Well, so I should have grabbed my wicked apple cider cam then. Oh, there you go. That's good. Always tasty. So Kara, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, would you give the synopsis for Kong Skull Island? I don't remember any of the characters' names, so I'm probably going to refer to them as that guy. That's that's fine. That's what I'm sure a lot of people refer to him as. So, <laughs> um, so we begin where young John C. Riley is pretty much stranded on Skull Island with um, I'm not sure what what the guy's name was. <laughs> I'm already starting with that guy. <laughs> but eventually they run across their first kaiju creature and they decide that they're just going to band together. We fast forward to years later, John C. Riley's made friends with the natives and we have this expedition of people coming out to, to actually determine whether or not there are monsters on the island. So then, what were those bombs? They they woke up everything basically. <laughs> there were seismic bombs because uh, um, Monarch, which is the secret organization that's tracking monsters in the world of uh, the legendary monster world, uh, they wanted proof because they were going to lose funding, and so they piggyback off of a Landsat. Uh, uh, they were doing a. Uh, uh, Analysis because Skull Island's never been touched before. It's one of those 
islands that no one's explored ever, and so they think there might be resources there, and so they have these seismic charges to do uh, scientific experiments to kind of see a, what's in the ground. A true virgin island, not just a virgin in name. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm I'm holding back so many comments from that right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind please. of hard not to take a swing. <laughs> It's kind of like the the island that actually got to wear the white wedding dress, and it was true. <laughs> <laughs> very, very well put. And uh, yes, hijinks and Sue uh, with the military escort that comes with the science group. Um, and, and yeah, monster hijinks ensue. We've got Tom Hiddleston playing a guide, uh, Brie Larson playing a. A photographer who was in the trenches because this is taking place just at the end of Vietnam, uh, and which was an interesting time period to pick for this. And uh, yeah, we get monsters and soldiers and uh, Sam Jackson looking, glaring at Kong a lot. And yeah, yeah, this is so. So, Kara, uh, I, I will get to Ian on how he feels. Uh, Picard, what do you think of Kong's Island? I enjoyed it, and it's one of those situations I'm kicking myself for not having it, having watched it sooner. I mm. got it when it first came out, and this was my first night finally sitting down to watch it. And I, I think that melee kaiju fight at the end was worth it. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I, I liked how that unfolded, especially. Uh, and yeah, the, the creatures, I like the creature design, but the melee fight at the end definitely was, was a lot of fun. What about you, Ian? What's your initial thought with Kong Skull Island? Well, I saw Godzilla versus Kong it was a couple of years ago and that came out. I'd never seen this, this movie ah, okay. before. Sure. I saw the, the Gareth Edwards Godzilla from 2013. Mm -hmm. I saw Godzilla versus Kong. Was there another one King in there of the somewhere? Mm -hmm. Godzilla, King remember. of the Monsters. How do you not? I... That that was all kaiju action all the time. That was like Uber, like hold Mark back from buying multiple tickets on the same day to watch it. Movie. Uh, I don't even remember if I watched that. The thing is, like <sighs> these movies are not for me because <laughs> I've I've watched a lot of them and. They're all, I hate to say it, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. And, you know, yeah. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. But when these things, especially when they get to be two, two and a half, three hours, whatever, it's mm. just like, it's just an epic waste of time because the characters <laughs> are paper thin. The special effects are just the same special effects that we've had for, you know, a decade and a half. So what am I going to see these movies for? It's great that they've got these two branded monsters, but honestly, a couple weeks ago, there was a comic book that came out that I bought just for the ridiculousness of the title. It was Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. I know. I need and that issue. I need that. Look, I in that 24-page <laughs> setup, yeah. I had more entertainment, intrigue, and imagination than I have in all four of these damn legendary universe movies because mm. I actually had characters and I gave a shit about the monsters. I can't say that about any of these other things. Um, I mean, I saw Peter Jackson's Kong. I know that was a different, you know, take on a different universe. It's not in this legendary yeah. continuity, but I'm like, yeah, I got it. I, I got what happened. I got all of this character has to offer in the original Kong, 
and Peter Jackson's Kong. And now we just have a new Kong with new fancy special effects. And 20 years from now, we're going to have the same thing with new special effects then. And it's going to be the same boring-ass spectacle. That's that. Those are my thoughts. Aside from what happens with these characters, the ability to... I don't know, navigate poisonous gas, which the the brain trust that put this movie together seems to think that just having a gas mask on while running through a, a field full of poisonous gas, it doesn't do anything to your skin uh, in terms of like an allergic reaction or breaking out into hives or burning blisters. It's just you just can't breathe it in. But when you're done rescuing the person that you're sent in there to rescue you can take off your gas mask even though you're still surrounded by gas can be fine you can stand in a literal lake of napalm uh and as long as the fire is not literally touching you you're not going to burn to a crisp as if you're standing a few feet away from the sun this movie's dumb but (laughs) i would say it's dumb fun but i didn't have any fun i'm glad you guys did and i'm out good night everybody (laughs) no i mean to me, it's like one of those Rock'em Sock'em matches. Like, they're always the same, but you show up for the fight because it's fun. I show up for the fight, sure, and then I leave after, like, a minute because, like, yeah, it's the two plastic robots and they're punching each other. Uh, oh, shit, I'm going to go watch something else. <laughs> we we had this discussion a bit, folks, when I, I believe I was on Ian's show with the Cog versus uh, Godzilla discussion we had on that show where uh, we went a little back and forth as well about caring whether or not all the people in the building died from the monster fight or not. <laughs> oh, I, and here's the thing. I get it, and I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I guess for me, I enjoy these uh for the spectacle more than the characters you know what you're kind of going to get with the characters um after watching all the godzilla feature films back to back a couple of years ago before king of the monsters came out um (laughs) they were all while they were varied at their core it was always about the creature the monsters you didn't really care about the humans the humans were just were, were there to to kind of i don't know they were eye candy <laughs> they were eye candy a lot of times um you know and i get that i i you know uh but for me i i dug this because of well first off every other story pretty much we've seen in kong takes place in what the 30s or whatever before this or you know um even even Peter, it, was, it, was, it would have been like probably the forties, or the forties, yeah. The whole nuclear um, nuclear testing and and Hiroshima and all that. Right, stuff. right. But uh, you know, even Peter Jackson's Kong and that was a was you know set back further. So for me, I thought it was a just a kind of a fun, interesting twist that Kong lives in a jungle on a jungle island, and they set it during Vietnam period, and you're involving Vietnam because. And they handle this film, even though it's got a big, huge kaiju, they handle it in many ways like a Vietnam film that we've seen. I mean, he hits all of the Vietnam film type of tropes that we have in here, <coughs> including the slow-mo of the general sitting there as chaos is around him and his guys are on fire and running past him or whatnot. And, you know, slow-mo. We even have, did you catch... The Ode to Uncommon Valor. I think that was the film. Or maybe, no, it was Platoon, maybe even. At the end, when the when the monster is coming, 
And uh, the guy takes the grenades and he holds them out like this <laughs> to be munched by the creature. I'm like, holy crap. I, I've seen that in like a one or two other Vietnam films, only to get hit by the tail by the monster rather than get eaten, which I loved that gimmick. Personally, I, I I didn't understand that. I like Shea Wiggum as an actor. Mm -hmm. um, I think he does pretty well in this movie, but he had one of the most head scratchingly pointless. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the good of the group. You know, you could just love yeah. those things at the monster. You just could. throw them while you're running away. What what are you doing? You could you could just lob lob them at the monsters, but he had seen so much crap and he had lost a a good friend that he just you know. He decided to make the ultimate sacrifice, which happens uh, quite a bit in this film, actually. Well, it's not really the ultimate sacrifice because in doing what he did, he risked not being successful, which he wasn't. Right. I no. mean, he he was he should have done everything he could to protect the other people that he was right. with. <laughs> now, if they had all died, and then he does the whole like Thomas Jane at the end of the mist thing. Mm. Well, I mean, he killed <laughs> he, he killed his compatriots. <laughs> But it's like it's one thing to sacrifice yourself or whatever when there's no one else left, and then it's not even a sacrifice; it's just suicide. But yeah, I I don't know what it was going on there. I the, the Vietnam thing I think was an interesting setting, but it left a really bad taste in my mouth mm -hmm. because they don't really comment on it. But it's the idea of all of those soldiers were getting ready to go home. Mm -hmm. They'd survived Vietnam. They were literally mm -hmm. on the helicopters to go back to the States when they get this call from this corporation to go escort this survey mm -hmm. group out to Kong's, you know, to Skull Island or whatever. And then there's just like how many dozens of people just get killed in that initial mm -hmm. confrontation with Kong and everything. It's yeah, it's cool and you know, big special effects and everything, but I'm like, it's just incredibly sad. Because you survive Vietnam only to get taken down by this giant beast. And the movie doesn't care enough to like comment on that or like make a thing out of it. It's just like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, random bad guys that we or good guys, I guess, that we never really see their faces. They might as well be, you know, in, invisible henchmen. Yeah, or you could see them trying to make a statement about how the, uh, the soldiers never get away from war. Uh, but. You're, 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 this movie isn't smart enough to do that, Mark. <laughs> no, I was, I was stuck on that too. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a metaphor mm -hmm. or something, and I, I never, I never saw it. What it needed was a moment from Aliens, where Ripley confronts Paul Reiser, and she's, you know, when he gets caught trying to. Mm -hmm hygienically frees them to take the alien specimen back to the corporation and she says you know these people are dead yep <laughs> it, it, it the internet decided to freeze ian it's like one of those echo and and slowly back oh, there in he away is. type echoes so he he got an awesome effect by it just happened yes yeah, saying that <laughs> saying dead in an electronic sound actually sounded pretty cool for you so there you go well there yeah, you go i'll have to listen to, on the replay uh, for uh, me uh, it just it did Am I back yet? Yep, you're back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, when Ripley says, these people are dead, Burke. Mm -hmm. And she like kind of slams up against the wall. And she's like, I'm not going to let you get away with this one. Because these are, right. you know, these mm -hmm. are just, you know, grunts. They're people, essentially. Mm -hmm. That This movie needed that. But mm -hmm. again, this is a dumb popcorn blockbuster. And Aliens was an actual war film. This movie wears the skin of a war film, but mm -hmm. gussies it up in, you know, an Independence Day kind of baggy <laughs> pants. See, my... 
my only real complaint was okay they're they're using the music to set the vietnam era but play music i haven't heard a thousand times over even donnie darko used not not commonly used music but it still set the setting for the 80s mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, it's funny watching it uh again it's like the third third or fourth time i've watched this film um i i chuckle at the the use of the uh, of the soundtrack now i've got the score the score sounds awesome by the way the score is is fantastic uh nice epic score actually i've been quite happy with all the legendary scores uh for the legendary monsters they at least really sound like epic scores for monster films um but the for the vocal tracks that they had i'm like I was chuckling at this time around, listening and going, oh, they went to Vietnam's Greatest Hits. And they just picked that. I'm like, they, they could have threw in a little bit more variety. Though at the same time, I didn't mind because I love those songs. So, um, but, yeah. you know. That's what I was kind of groaning about. It's like, let me listen to something I don't hear in every single Vietnam movie. Mm-hmm. See, and, and it makes me wonder if underneath maybe they were trying and who knows, maybe there's some stuff on uh, edited or, or changed somewhere because they maybe tried to get uh, too smart or whatever. Um, because there does seem like an underlying thing to where they are almost not picking on, but playing up each of the Vietnam tropes almost as satirical in a way i'm not sure um but it's just it was it it is one of those things where there's there's many other songs out there that uh identify it as a war film and they picked these ones which you've heard in every vietnam film and like i said maybe that's what they were going for but at the same time i'm like i would have liked a little extra variety in the music that they had uh for the vocal sound track but the score i dig the score I dig quite a bit. Um, I mean, like, just for fun, even if it doesn't fit, I would have liked to have heard something like Lowrider. Lowrider would have been good. Lowrider would have been a good one. That would have been good for when they're putting the plane back together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that would have worked. That that could have worked. A, uh, that would have worked really well for Lowrider. Which, uh, see, and I like John C. Riley's part in it. I liked... The, the whole story of him uh, being with the natives and such and the whole boat thing in him and the two different generations of soldiers and that. I, I liked that, that subplot with his character quite a bit, actually. But it's John C. Ryan. It's, I love him <laughs> in just about anything that, uh, anything that he was in. I always loved the characters he played. Even though it was all very similar, he did it very well. And I, I really like his character here in this one um but what'd you think of john c he was there i mean he's done this part before and he does it well but i mean that's kind of the same thing like you're gonna ask the question at the end of this you know do we like tom hiddleston as loki or we like him as this character i don't know what the hell his character's name and he doesn't have a character in this movie tom hiddleston no one (laughs) has a character in this movie person he's mr tracker person right and so there's no, again, this movie isn't about people, it's about the monsters. And John C. Riley, that's, I, I look at this movie and I was watching it thinking, what if this were an actual movie? You might have <laughs> things like establishing that a soldier who has been living on this island for 30 years 
with with this tribe ostensibly a good portion of that inside the gates under their care because outside of this this walled fortress is you know the madness of the jungle and the monsters he never learned to speak their language they never learned to speak his language they're all just these silent stoic generic almost like racially offensive caricatures of like the lost tribe people kind of like we were talking mm -hmm. about with uh green inferno a while ago right mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry, even if you don't end up like speaking it fluently, you cannot live with, you know, in a community of people for a year, let alone three decades without picking up something. Well, he did. He, he did. He literally said it there that uh, after he'd been around them for a while, he understands them, even though they don't say much of anything. Yeah, that's that's cover. I want to hear him conversing with them and talking with them. And also that goes back to. I don't buy it. That's that stoic, mystical tribe bullshit that paints people as like, you know, the, the noble warrior culture that doesn't communicate. No, those aren't people. Those are ideas of people and their caricatures. And it's just, you know, it. I don't buy it. But then again, I go back to what if this is an actual movie? Oh, I forgot. I'm watching Kong Skull Island. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kara? How do you feel about our, our NATO Sid John C. Riley's character? They were just there. I mean, they were pretty much throwaway characters. They're just around so that we know John C. Riley was well during that time that he was well taken care of. He's mm -hmm. obviously well fed because he's not skin and bones. Well, there's a lot. You, you, there's a lot of meat on the monster bones. So you kill the smaller monster, you know, like the, those bird monsters. There's a lot of meat there, you know. So the pterodactyl <laughs> with the skull face. Yeah, the pterodactyls with the with the skull face and the. You know the the skull the skull crushers, you know, the... <laughs> which you know, and we got our our title character Kong, who I I really love Kong in this. I liked Kong in this better than in uh, Peter Jackson's Kong. In all honesty, uh, I liked this one a lot more. Uh, I liked how he was portrayed. I liked I liked seeing this fight scenes. I liked. Uh, how they kind of conveyed some emotions. They do touch on the old Kong Beauty and the Beast sort of angle, where you know he, but he doesn't become nearly as enamored as our old Kong with with a lady. And uh, you know, what do you think of that, Kara? With the change up a bit of the what we've seen in the past with Kong, which was always he becomes obsessed with the blonde. Uh, <laughs> He obviously realized it wasn't going to work out. He's so big. She's this tiny thing with yeah. big boob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. But... He had more common sense than the other Kongs from the past. He did. He's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> those ladies were just too much trouble. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but... What was it? Helena of Troy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But he does still protect her because. Uh, at the end, uh, she had to set off the single flare to let folks know, um, you know, uh, where they were and, and, and come, come get us basically because the groups end up getting separated. The soldiers follow, uh, Sam Jackson's, uh, Preston Packard, who, uh, just loses it and wants to kill Kong. He suddenly becomes Ahab in this whole thing, um, to where he's going after Kong, uh, and and he has most of his soldiers follow him, and then you have uh, Tom Hiddleston's character, Mister uh, Conrad, who's a tracker who takes kind of the civilians. He's an ex-soldier, 
Uh, and he's like, yeah, you guys go do your revenge thing. We're, we're just going to try to get off the island. Uh, but they do eventually have to come together. And she's on the hill. And uh, during the monster fight, the big battle at the end, she gets knocked off the hill and dumps into the water. And Kong actually protects her uh, as well. Uh, so we still have the the uh, Kong protecting uh, the lady in distress, so to speak. But uh, they do do a variation of it. And I I know I liked it. I liked the the slightly different approach for it. Um, just you know, uh, don't think of of you know her not being crushed by his palm of his hand uh, as he's carrying her while fighting. <laughs> I'm going to say that ran across my head, too. I'm not saying this is a perfect film, but for me, I like my monster films, and this this hit a lot of the notes that I was looking for in it. And I think, you know, uh, characters, sure. <laughs> you want characters, sure. I want to see my monsters fight. We get, a, we get a lot of Kong action. You get far more Kong action in here than you do... Uh, Godzilla action in the 2014 uh, Godzilla, um, which oh, the chunky Godzilla, yeah, chunky Godzilla, yeah, which uh, he's not fat, he's buff, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's bulky, he's he's you know he got the protein, he's on that diet, you know, working out, he's buff, um, he looks a lot better than Zilla, though. Screw that that ninety, Zilla. okay, so the Godzilla. <laughs> In the Matthew Broderick film that exists, Aww, I like that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, in that film that exists, uh, that Godzilla is officially in the world of Godzilla, but he's referred to as Zilla. He doesn't get the full title; he's just referred to Gojira. as Zilla. He's not even. They Gorgi did make reference to the original Godzilla. They do in Kong. They do. Reference it well because Kong Skull Island is setting up the monarch angle, uh, uh, more with this. Um, we're introduced more John Goodman's character, uh, you know, he's the head of it. Uh, we get it, we get teased at the end credit sequence as well. Yeah. That monarchs in here, you can tell they were setting it up for this organization, which, uh, again, another thing that I really like the idea of, of monarch and the fact that there was more than just one titan that just godzilla and just kong there's actually many other titans which we come to find out later in kong uh in king uh, godzilla king of the monsters which i just i watched i watched three movies last night okay <laughs> i watched kong skull island and after i watched Sk kong skull island i'm like oh shit well now i gotta watch godzilla king of the monsters which i just adore and then after that i got done i'm like well hell i gotta watch kong versus godzilla now so i just watched all <laughs> How the hell late were you up last night, Mark? Did you go to sleep? Night or morning? Let's just... <laughs> oh, super early then. There you go. See, I, I went to bed super early in the morning. Uh... <laughs> it was one of those those early AMs. I still got... Earlier like, than usual. I still got <laughs> like, like four and a half hours of sleep. So, you know... Uh, I... <laughs> I was I, I was also doing some work I had to do, so I was being productive as well as watching the films. So um, there's that. You, but you at least had to have had a burger or a pizza to go with that. Well, yeah. Well, I had some snacks and beverages and such. But um, I, I'm I'm a sucker, okay, for the kaiju films. I fully recognize 
the 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 thin characters and uh, the cliches put in here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I am loving the shots that we get of Kong in here. Uh, you know, I, I the the whole fire sequence with him versus Sam Jackson, who that hadn't, couldn't have been that hard to direct him, really. I, I think the director just said, "Yo, Sam, just look pissed off." What motherfucker? Just look pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> all right, and that's all he had to do for most of the film was was look pissed off. Um, you know, and, and I liked Sam Jackson. I liked the whole thing between him. And his hatred towards Kong and, and his face-off in Kong. I don't know. I guess this falls back to being, being the visual guy. There is some really cool, I think, uh, visual sequences or scenes in here uh, for a monster film that uh, just strike me and I enjoy watching. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm as shallow as a puddle. I'm sorry, Ian. I'm shallow as a puddle. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, we all have the things that we enjoy, but I mean, when you say you got four and a half hours of sleep, I'm like, yeah, you watched a bunch of these movies. Oh, um, but <laughs> <laughs> it, one of the things I will say though is the thing that they are successful in watching them all back to back is something that uh, sometimes when films are trying to do this, it don't feel quite consistent. It does feel like they're all actually in the same world. In as far as the production design, the tone, the way things are written, everything, they do a good job of establishing it that all of this stuff actually is in the real world, and not that they have this monster film and oh, we're just gonna work it into this world. You know, I mean it. They they it, it plays out the, the style, the direction, uh, even in in uh, Godzilla Kong versus Godzilla, uh, they even do the thing where. They kind of do that with, uh, yes, I'm using the analogy, pardon me, folks, Infinity War. When we get to Guardians of the Galaxy, we go from having like an orchestral store or whatnot, we get the music that we're used to seeing with the Guardians of the Galaxy films, the, the vocal track, the vocal deep cut or whatever that you get. In Kong versus Godzilla, you get the same thing. Godzilla gets instrumental. Kong, when we see him, he gets a vocal song. Too, as well, so I mean they 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 do that as well. But Kong, I think, is a good setup. I I like the setup and the ideas that they have here for it, um, and it made me want to see more. But again, I'm just here for seeing two big creatures fight for like. <laughs> it's why I love Pacific Rim, and everybody's like, "Yeah, it's okay." I'm like, I love Pacific Rim because I got exactly what the trailer promised. I got big mm -hmm. fucking robots fighting big fucking monsters. That's what I wanted to see. Now, you could fault me, but, you know, the humans are secondary usually for me in films like this. I know, I'm a cold-hearted yeah, bastard. No, I, it's not that, Mark. My problem is I hate writing off movies that I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. Because I know there's going to be another one of these fucking giant monster movies and all that stuff. And I'm going to sit through it. And it's going to be the I... same thing, and you're going to have the same complaints right. probably. Because yeah. I, right, but mm -hmm. that's the thing. Is like I, I feel like I could have said, you know, when I first watched whichever of these, uh, probably Godzilla from, you sure, know. Sure, sure. The 2013 Godzilla was different 
mm-hmm. in that nothing fucking happened in that movie. And that was the biggest complaint was Godzilla was on screen for like oh, 10 yeah. minutes out of this two hour movie. Right. And I the will... rest of it was just like a really bad drama involving Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> and kick ass like that. Nobody wants to see. <laughs> I'll agree with um, you there. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. And it, it should tell you something that I don't know if I've actually watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mm. I may have, mm-hmm. I may not have, but I don't like being able, like having to say, yeah, those movies are all trash without watching them. So I put myself through it and my opinion hasn't changed. And it's not like I go into it saying, you know, with my arms crossed, like, I'm not going to enjoy this. I watch these and I take them seriously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm taking the, prem- the the idea of watching this movie more seriously than the people who put them <laughs> together. They're making amusement park rides. There is a scene early on, well, not that early, but in Kong Skull Island, it's after the helicopters have all crashed and the characters are stranded. They're trying to regroup. There's a bit where they're walking through this like tall grass. And yeah, the bamboo. Like, horizon line, or, right? oh, oh, no, the tall grass. No. Okay. Okay. I get right. Okay. Yeah. And I see Brie Larson in her shirt. Mm. And it is like this billowy, kind of like a baby blue, like overshirt. Mm. And then the next scene, she's wearing this kind of grimy tank top hmm. and then the next cut it's all the same scene but i'm talking about the cuts and the cut after that she's back in the billowy shirt i'm like son of a bitch they took a shot from later on in the movie where she's wearing the dirty tank top and put it in this scene to make it to make the continuity of them like walking this great distance that's laziness that's no one's gonna notice this I that's, didn't. That's what. That's what. <laughs> I the, that's. I didn't that's notice what, any that, either. <laughs> right, but that's what the filmmakers are counting on. No one gives a shit about this. They're just showing up for the monsters. If you're showing up to watch this as a film, and that's the other thing I hate to say. Like, if I were to go up to, was what it? What's the name of this guy? Vote. Uh, the guy that made this movie, Jordan Vote Roberts. Yes. I feel terrible going up to him and mm-hmm. saying, uh, "You don't care about." anything except getting this movie on screen for warner brothers and legendary you have not made a real picture you i don't even know if you're better than this that's what i'm thinking Mm -hmm. and i don't think he'd like to hear that but i don't know if he'd be able to disagree with it because this isn't a real film it's barely a movie it's an amusement park ride that goes on for way too long well i wouldn't say it's an alan smithy either well he, he obviously didn't take his name off of it I mean, that's the thing is it's not it's it's not technically technically it's not a bad movie. You know, it looks great. It's got top notch cast. All the money they poured into it is right up there on the screen. But what do I take away from it? I take away that I never want to see these movies again. I won't watch them a second time, but I will watch the sequels for the very reason that I expressed earlier, because I have to know what I'm talking about. And that sucks. I'm waiting for a good one of these. (laughs) I would I would still say it's a good party movie. Like you have a group of people coming over who doesn't want to cheer for the monster, even if even if if there is no story or no character development. It's I mean that's that's all I really care about too is you know, I want to see the monster fight. <laughs> uh, and, and that's what I watch too. And see, this is why I'm just a reviewer and Mr. Ian Simmons is a critic. I totally get no, it. No, there, there are kidding. critics who stand, <laughs> there are critics who legitimately stand up for these movies and like talk about them as like being films. And I just, I scratch my head. I'm like, I feel like you're just, it's kind of like when people came out in the middle of the, the Fast and the Furious franchises mm-hmm. and talking, start, started talking about them in terms of cinema. I'm like, 
Now you guys are just trying to get clicks. You oh. don't, you cannot mean this. Okay, in your I'll heart. agree with you on that one. I don't like those. There is no story. It's just pretty cars. And and here I will be the stoic force uh, voice in saying I love those films, but after three, um, the first three are like, eh, okay, and then I really get into them. But maybe this is where I differ from some of those other folks. I fully acknowledge. I would not say. I would not say. Those are cinema, okay. I I will not say those yeah. are cinema. I I those films are my guilty pleasure. I love them, especially after the third one. If number five is where they really peaked, though. Then it became it came like GI Joe. Um, actually, a better GI Joe film than the GI Joe films. But in any case, um, for me, I find entertainment in them, and yeah. and you know, and I. And I don't fault anyone. I'm not saying at all that any of the monster films are are that deep of films. I would not say that. I I, w- I would not say I would not go up there and go. Oh well, this is this. No, I would fully come say. I just want to see the big monsters fight, and I get that. Okay, but that's what I'm looking for out of a movie like this because I've I grew up on these monster films and. You know, a, a lot of them, they do blend together after a while. Uh, and, and I'm not saying they're deep cinema by any means. It's it's what you're looking for, I think, in a film that affects you, as you can hear tonight on the panel. Um, you, you know, uh, it, it's there was a discussion I heard someone say they had just recently seen the Japanese cut of Godzilla. Until then, they had only seen the American cut of Godzilla, the original the, the, the original, the, okay. the original. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You gotta dif- differentiate. It's like talking Halloween. Oh, I loved Halloween. Well, which one? Halloween, Halloween, or Halloween? Uh, uh, Hall- the second one, the first one, or the third one? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> it's a Neapolitan ice cream, right? Exactly. Uh, but the original, original Godzilla. Um, and I discovered this when I was doing my. And I apologize if I'm talking too long. I apologize. Uh, but when I was doing those back-to-back mo- uh, Godzilla films, because I had timed it out that, including the animated films on Netflix, they actually had 30 Godzilla films. Uh, so I watched one each day, and I reviewed one each day, sometimes watching two, because I would watch the Japanese cut, and if I could find, if I could find it, the Japanese cut and the American cut of those early Godzilla films. And the original Godzilla, I was talking to someone, the Japanese cut is far different than the inserted shots of Raymond Burr version of Godzilla. Um, and I think, and even later on, the later Godzillas, like you get Shin Godzilla is a freaking scary Godzilla. There's a scary Godzilla there versus the Godzilla that you get in the legendary pictures. Um you know, it, it the material is handled differently there, and it has a darker tone for some of those films. Later on, the Godzilla films, the Japanese Godzilla films, got freaking crazy and and not really great. Baby Godzilla in there. What the fuck? Kazuki <laughs> blowing smoke ring. I'm like, what the hell is this, right? Okay, but those early well, ones, those early when ones. When you're a kid, it's fun, though. Sure. I mean, that, how else are they going to draw people into the kaiju genre and make sure it it continues if, if you don't get, you know, a fresh audience? Right. And 
it would be nice, bringing it back around, it would be nice if Kong Skull Island had taken some of the stuff out as Eason had mentioned uh, of the, 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 the fluff, the tropes, the, the, the stereotypes and such and worked in more of the depth where there was potential for it um, for something to be more meaningful than what you get, which is just basically, yes, a roller coaster ride where what's the next big monster they're going to see. I personally appreciate the nod to Cannibal Holocaust in oh. this film, which... Oh, yeah. Thank you. You caught it too. You caught it too. Not. I mentioned that, and some people look at me like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Have you ever seen Cannibal Holocaust?" I'm like, "No." Look at the cover of Cannibal Holocaust. Then look at the scene in the bamboos where the guy gets the spider leg through the body. I'm like, "That is totally a nod to Cannibal Holocaust from the way it's shot to the way the body was." I'm like, "Totally going for that." Mad props for throwing that in there. Um. You know, well, the, the other thing, like when they, I, I like that that spider, you know, that bamboo spider, yeah. that was fun. But again, I'm looking at the soldiers. I'm like, what are you doing? They're trying to shoot out its legs. All that's going to do is bring the giant like mouth down to your level, where it's more likely to eat you. Again, no. <laughs> well, I just thought it was dumb that they picked a fight with the spider to begin with. They could have moved over to an entirely different area because the spider wasn't attacking them. It was just walking through. Well, the the spider did the spider did uh pick up one of their buddies. Uh but, you know, he he was he was, you know, um but they they did shoot at him first, even though they they I'm thinking he was intentionally skewered though. The guy was intentionally skewered. I think the creature was looking at getting another meal because he saw the soldiers. Nuh -uh, Han Solo fought, he shot first. <laughs> <laughs> At least we don't. Or he could. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, or the spider could have been scared. I mean, that that would have been like a funny angle to take with it because like if you're walking in your kitchen, you all of a sudden you say, what the fuck is that? And then you just want to step on it. Maybe that's what the spider was doing when he saw this human. He was like, I've never seen that thing before. And squash it. <laughs> Well, they, they did do that with the other creature later on, with the one guy who was on by himself uh, and the wood, uh, the wood insect that ends up attacking, uh, not attacking him. He gets scared, shoots it. The thing stops and just looks at him, goes, kind of hunters back and, and walks away like, okay, fuck you then. Uh <laughs> I thought it was a baby walking stick, to tell the truth, just it by its reaction. Been. It kind of groaned and backed up. <clears throat> it it could have been a baby. Um, but oh, um, the the character who was um, yeah, I think you were just referencing him, Mark, but yeah. the one who was the guy who got eaten, and he was the one who was always writing the letter back to his son. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That that's that's a very loose Marvel connection. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you recognize him. That was the the actor Toby Kebbell, who was also in the uh, he did like uh, mocap for the bunch of the Planet of the Apes movies. Oh. He was also Doctor Doom in Fan Four Stick. Yeah. Fan four stick. Okay. Now that I will. Oh my. Oh. Ah. Uh, uh, You're welcome. I tried to block that film out of my head. Thank you very much. You're talking about the. I own that fucker on Blu-ray. What are you talking about? The, the last. Four, <laughs> okay. Okay. So see, here you go, folks. Here's a prime example right here of of, of what people enjoy. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't say I enjoy. I said I need to hold on to it as a as a oh, relic. It's like as a, a relic. You know, yeah. 
I'm surprised on, I don't have as many legendary critters uh, movies as I thought I did uh, on physical disc. I got to change that. I've got King of the Monsters, uh, which is still, uh, oh yes. Sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, love... I can't. T- I, I I haven't seen it, or maybe I did. I don't know. You probably probably <laughs> yeah. You're probably just like there. There isn't enough human element in this. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, Kara, for this film with the characters in that, what did you think? I want to get your perspective of Brie Larson's uh, photographer character. Do you feel that uh, they wrote her as a fairly strong character, or is she kind of une- very uneven throughout this film? I mean, I don't take her as a throwaway. Her mm-hmm. character's there with a purpose to to report mm-hmm. um, what exact publication she feels that she's going to freelance those photos out to. Who knows? But she tagged along because she felt there was an obvious story there. If right. three different people gave her the same cover-up story, she's obviously clever enough to figure out something's being hidden. Yeah, she is. And, and I liked that she, she does hold her own uh, in some respect. She isn't always the damsel in distress, um, but she got enough other fodder characters here so where she doesn't have to be, I think. Uh, this film has a lot of people in it, <laughs> which is another surprise for, even for a monster film. There was a lot of uh, a lot of that in that. Um, and I, I'm sure, Ian, uh, but I'll ask you with uh, uh, Bree's character, did you feel that she was just, she was just there? She didn't really serve anything. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. tell me something about her beyond what she accomplished as a character. What about what she accomplished? She's a, she shot the flare. She shot... Did she have a family? Did she have aspirations or dreams, hobbies, anything? She married Tom Hiddleston. They they ran off and had a happily ever after after this movie. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm not sure on that. I'm not sure if they actually they if they got married afterwards because they were well. They're they're trauma bound, so they they are have trauma. to latch onto each other. They are trauma bound, but maybe they're just friends, and they get recruited possibly by the Star League to defend the frontier from Zerg and the. I mean, they get recruited by Monarch at the end in that after credit sequence. Yeah. Um, so they want Brie Larson's character is a 90th generation Xerox of Laura Dern's character from Jurassic Park. Um, that's all she is. Mm-hmm. He looks um, better though. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd fight you on that one. Um, I don't want to get knocked over every time somebody moves their head. <laughs> <laughs> wow, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um, also, I, I gotta say, uh, and this is something that, that drove my wife and I crazy while we were watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I drug, dragged her into this and she's, I think she's going to start talking to me any day now. Um, <laughs> but Tom Hiddleston's, uh, shirt, his, his wardrobe, I mean, the, the, most of the characters wardrobes in this movie look as if they were, you know, uh, just fr- finally mm-hmm. pressed right before they yelled action. Even after they've been through firefights, mm-hmm. helicopter crashes, rolling around in poisonous gas and dirt, and the next scene, his shirt looks exactly like it does in this damn background you've got on. It's the same color. It doesn't have any holes or burns or stains. Like, again, this isn't 
actually a movie. You look at Apocalypse Now, the movie that this thing is clearly based on, down yeah. to the Colonel Kurtz character that Sam Jackson has. Mm -hmm. Those people look like they've been through the shit. This is like action figures walking around a set. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it, well, it's influenced not just by Apocalypse Now, but as I mentioned, there are a number of <clears throat> Vietnam films that it was trying to pull from. And I don't know if that's the director uh, handling it to where they really build down the cliche or the three writers, <laughs> three writers uh, that they had for this script, um, which, I, you know, when I see a film like that or see three writers or more, I always wonder what the original script was <laughs> and and where it went, you, you know, what it ended up being. Because mm. I think, and don't get me wrong, I love Kong Skull Island, warts and all, and, and how shallow it is, I still love it. Okay. But there, I think, is a very interesting story they could have even focused on instead of having your cast of characters and uh, a hot uh, you know, hot actor of that time. Let's see how many Marvel people we can get in because this was made in 2017. So how many Marvel people can we get in a movie? Um, uh, the the uh, Japanese soldier's name was Gung Pai. Uh, and I think it would have been an interesting movie to be focused on a period piece to where he... And uh, Hank Marlowe, John C. Riley's character, have to work together on the island and try to survive. And like you said, you're eventually with the natives, but have some kind of story there to where they end up getting involved in somehow, you know, learning about the skull, uh, the, the skull crushers or, or whatever, the skull uh, creatures. And that, but doing a story with those two, trying to put their differences aside and such and survive on this monster island with Kong about. Um, I think there'd be an interesting story there. That would have been an amazing movie. You have Tom Hiddleston playing the young version of that character. Mm -hmm. um, and you essentially make Enemy Mine, but set in the Kong <laughs> <Right>? universe. <laughs> that would be a, a legit interesting... Because I kept thinking about, like, we do see some of these other creatures, and they're okay. The skull creatures, I thought, just were kind of lame, because I'm like, they're they're essentially wearing their skulls on the outside of their bodies, and mm. what? But I, I just think about, like, I know, you know, people feel different ways about Cloverfield. It's not a perfect movie, but one of the things I thought was interesting was in the middle of the movie, you get a different kind of monster, which are basically the parasites that live off the giant Cloverfield mm -hmm. monster. They become their own problem. I'm thinking about like Kong is such a massive ape. What if he had like lice or parasites <laughs> or something that he just like flicks off of his fur and it <laughs> lands at the feet of Tom Hiddleston and it's this giant like ferocious maggot that yeah. Kong wouldn't even think twice about, but it's deadly to humans. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Like I want to see these people, like you're saying, Mark, up against the elements, just trying to survive on this island, throw all the Vietnam shit out of there. It's mm -hmm. not good. It's not interesting. It's not fun. Um, and just have a, a hardcore, tense survival movie. Open it up to a wider universe at the end where they get rescued off the island, kind of like you know Dutch at the end of Predator, and then sure. say, oh, by the way, we're the Monarch Corporation. What did mm -hmm. you encounter here? They're like, I've seen some shit. Yeah. And it's like, well, so have we, and here's Gojira, you know, yeah, whatever. Right. But, well, what yeah. I got stuck on was that you you actually threw in a nod at Godzilla 1984 there. Mm hmm. Hmm. 
the Godzilla, he has lice that comes off of him and it attacks people on a ship. Oh, that's that is completely coincidental because like I haven't fleas. seen I, fleas. Yeah. They were fleas, yeah. They were big. Right, they were gigantic fleas. Yes. Well, there you go. Rip that idea <laughs> off and put it in the new one because I had no idea. I was just pulling it out of my ass. No, I liked it. I thought you did that on purpose. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but that would have been that would have been a good nod to the previous ones, you know. And uh, you know, Sam Jackson's be it Sam Jackson in this. Uh, I always like Sam Jackson too. Um, but he definitely is your, your standard soldier doesn't want to let go of war, uh, character, which is why he agrees to go on this mission, you know, and, uh, cause he's, he feels like there's more battle to fight, even though, uh, you know, they, they signed, uh, the agreement to pull out of Vietnam. So yeah, I mean, you've seen these characters before, if you watched a Vietnam film, any Vietnam film, uh, but you know, not against Kong. They're not against a big kaiju. So, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll fight this movie. No, um, yeah, Kong Skull. It's not a deep film. I never said it was. I was entertained by it. Uh, Car, you said you liked the final battle in this. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I especially liked that um, uppercut with the the ship pilot. Oh, the with blade the blade. Pilot. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like that that uh, you know Kong figured out how to uh, how to use the weapons in that, and and I guess that's why I always like Kong, and I especially like Kong in this because he he feels uh, far smarter <laughs> than uh, say he was in um, in a couple of the previous Kongs that we've seen, especially Peter Jackson's or that other Godzilla versus Kong film. Oh my lord, that one that one's uh, that one's interesting to watch. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, at the at the risk of catching rotted cabbage, he was the woke Kong. Kong. <laughs> the woke Kong. <laughs> Wait, why do you think he? What would you say makes up the woke Kong? He seemed more self-aware. Like he obviously mm-hmm. paid attention to his environment. He knew how to make use of it. Like when he stripped the tree and he used it as a, a club to beat the sure. What was it? The skull crawler or yeah. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that that he uses, you know, different weapons. And that actually comes into play later on when uh, he uh, is trapped in uh, Godzilla versus in Kong versus Godzilla. He actually does the same thing where he's uh, th- throwing uh, wooden spears at the holographic dome that is keeping him in place because he knows he's trapped. And that's what I like mm-hmm. about this Kong. This Kong is smart, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot smarter than... And he, you're right. He's got, he's got a lot of personality, I think, in this. Uh, and maybe Ian would agree. Kong's got more personality than the people. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, he's yeah, he's no. got more character. Well, he is he is more character. <laughs> Ian put himself on mute. He just doesn't want to talk. No, I, he, I kind of heard the crickets chirping on that one. Yeah, I was like, oh. I, I I don't know. I, I <laughs> he's fine, but I mean, I there's nothing in this Kong that I haven't seen in other, you know, monster type movies where there's something that shouldn't have intelligence but kind of does, and you kind of relate to him. You're kind of like, oh, I mean, I think about like, what is it? 
Bud or Bud from Day of the Dead, the the zombie that they're training with the with the Walkman. You know, it's like, I love yeah. Bud. Bud's great. I, I love <laughs> I love Bud too. With that whole like salute at the end with the when the bad oh, guy yeah. gets his guts ripped out, that's great. But I mean, yeah, it's a giant giant ape. You know? <laughs> yeah, I I like my giant ape, but you can. But you're just asking me to like give like some kind of an endorsement or thought like what do you think about this i'm like yeah he's a giant fucking egg he does he doesn't <laughs> do anything in this movie that i fair didn't enough. expect him to do fair enough fair enough well, I, at least we didn't get ape droppings in this one yes depends on your point of view honestly uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay well nobody stuck their arm in the poo that's true that, which yeah <laughs> which if you think about it in jurassic park the the uh pile of poo that you had versus the triceratops that wasn't the trike pile of poo she was digging in because that pile of poo was actually taller than the trike was who was sick so there was no way the trike could have dumped that large pile of poo uh so that poo that she was digging in for hints was completely different dinosaur poo i don't know why she was crawling into that one but unless it was accumulated Even if it was yeah. accumulated, then it that means they've got some righteous dung beetles who are putting in overtime. Uh, <laughs> entirely possible. That was not a perfect circle. <laughs> That's true. Or a sphere. It was not a perfect sphere. No, no, it was. Well, I did say that they were they were bright uh, dung beetles, but you know. <laughs> but enough about uh, Jurassic Park crap. Which, yeah, makes it. By the way, where does Kong go to the bathroom? I mean, he just just. Everywhere, just everywhere, drop trowel like anywhere, or does he get like a specific spot? Maybe, see, maybe that's why the skull, maybe that's why the skull crushers came after him because he used their hole, their vent holes, as a toilet and they got pissed, uh, literally and figuratively. And so they they went after him. (laughs) Ian Ian is like, Oh my god, how did you make this movie even worse, Mark? They were shat upon and then they got pissed, yes. Yes, and it may be pissed off and on. You never know. Uh, <laughs> special effects-wise, and it, it will wrap it up here, but special effects-wise, I like the special effects in here. Well, I know we see it, I think, in general, though, for the amount of effects that are in this film, I think they're handled very well, especially the blending of the live action and the people. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny. This film's from, what, 2017? And I think the special effects in the 2017 film look better than 99% of the special effects I've seen in a 2023 film. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can't fault the uh, the effects mm-hmm. work at all. And Yeah, the effects work. and the, Like you said, Ian, the, the technical parts of this, uh, I think, are, are pretty solid for a monster film. Um you know, it, it visually it sets out what it it wants to do, what it wants to convey, <laughs> at all. It just depends on if you're just there to see the monster kill big things and small things, uh, or if you actually want uh, some extra meat to your story. Uh, that I think will, you know, gauge how you enjoy Kong Skull Island. Kara, what's your final thought with Kong Skull Island? Would you recommend it? Um, if you're not looking for anything too serious or too heavy or 
you know, somebody taking a, you know, a younger person taking interest in monsters, I wouldn't see why not. Mm -hmm. It's a good introdu introductory film, but, or if you just like big monster fights, I would say, yeah, go for it. it it's a lot of fun. And, and I think I know where Ian stands, but I still pose the question because uh, I give everybody a chance. So, uh, Ian, uh, your final thought with Kong Skull Island outside of it's barely a film. Do you have any other thought with it? I think I think Cara hit the nail on the head. If you have never, ever seen any monster movie ever, <laughs> and this is your first one, go for it. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Take it away, Mark. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. We're gonna wrap it up. <laughs> I have made a mountain out of a molehill tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I apologize. I hope you found this conversation entertaining. Uh, and yeah, for me, I dig I dig the legendary uh, monster verse, uh, even with all its warts, and even if it's wafer thin, because for me. Just getting to see these films on the big screen is fun. Getting to see kaiju on the big screen is fun. We have the technology and the special effects there to do these films, and it's great to see that someone did more than just one. Uh, but I think uh, where I see Ian's coming from, and it, it is a valid point, I think with the technology there and proving it, hey, you could do it with these kaiju films, which uh, altogether... You know, you include the the Pacific Rim films in that, and not the Asylum ones, um, <laughs> which there are many. There's a, mon a new one coming out, Monster NATO, which is like a Monster NATO, which is like a tornado, but with all their monsters stuck in it now. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's coming out. I'm still, I'm still stuck on wanting to watch Sharkula. <laughs> Sharkula. <laughs> um, you know, outside of those, if you're talking about the Studios actually taking a chance putting money behind a monster film. They've proven they can do it now. They can you can buy into these monsters being in this world. Now, yes, take it into the next step to add some extra meat on the bones to these films where I think you could do a good balance of both monster I don't care, but I know many people would as those on this panel where you could do monster fighting and still have your meaty characters characters that you that are more than just one note and i think i think you can do that um without taking away from the monster element in all honesty i think that was part of my problem with peter jackson's king kong is that it, it went too far the other way and i i really you know i want i was there for kong and I get all of this, including a bad casting of Jack Black, who is trying to deliver serious lines, but he looks like he's delivering a punchline and waiting for you to laugh. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, folks. Cog Skull Island. Uh, it's a divided film, much like other Legendary films. We do have a new con uh, monster film coming out, not from Legendary, but from Toho, called Godzilla Minus One, which is actually a sequel to the original Godzilla film. It's intended to be a, a sequel to the original Godzilla film, and that one looks really good as well. But the fact that we do have an era where we're getting monster films keeps me excited for it, and I would like to see them now kind of break away from the template and do something a bit different with these. Uh, and we'll see if they do that or more of the same. You know, take the comic book formula, which... 
<laughs> see how long we can milk it. <laughs> but I'd they... like to see something crazy like um, mm. you've got Gone with the Wind, but it, but instead of the Civil War and people are killing each other, they're they're fighting a monster that interrupted the war. Ooh, see, there you go. Period monster pieces would be interesting. More so than Godzilla in Vietnam because it was on a jungle island with monsters and everything, which is what they were trying to do here. But I, I like that Civil War monster film. Uh, you do get a few. Uh, I think there's one horror film that takes place during the Civil War, The, the Bur Burrowers, I think it was called. Um, that was interesting. But, yeah, I'd love to see a kaiju in a Civil War <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> Godzilla with the wind. There Godzilla you go. with yeah. the wind. I like that. <laughs> Godzilla with the wind. Yeah. Uh, it, it was actually dust in the wind, and don't ask what was in it. <laughs> Gone with the fire, maybe? There you go. Gone with the fire. <laughs> well, if that movie were to come out, I'd probably have the same... Uh, reaction as mm -hmm. rhett butler did in gone with the wind frankly Sweet. my dear, dear I, don't I don't give, give a, a damn. damn yes thank yeah. you very much and, uh now this is the place no where... just stretch out that little old belly oh there you go <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap it up here folks uh yeah i hope you enjoyed this conversation and uh, if you haven't seen kong skull island maybe it made you want to go see it and say hey is just how bad is it? Is it as bad as Ian says? Or you might see it and go, yeah, but there was big monster fights. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's as bad as Ian says, but there were big monster fights, especially the end. It still gets me exhilarated. And maybe that's why I'll watch Godzilla King of the Monsters every other day of the week. Uh, but now this is where I give my wonderful crew, who are very patient with this babbling host, the license to shill. So please, Kara. Uh, Go ahead, shill away, please. Uh, let folks know about your stuff. Um, well, as always, you can find me on YouTube at Horror Retrospective. Tomorrow I'm doing a Halloween stream about Halloween specials. And then cool. this coming Saturday, I'm discussing Grey Gardens, the Video Verte film or documentary. Cool. Very cool. And I had the, I had the honor of being on her show she was silly enough to let me on. She left her. She she was like, "Oh crap! How'd he get on my show?" But no, <laughs> where we got to talk about the menu, which was a fun conversation, yeah. um, and it got me to watch the menu finally. So there you go. So uh, yeah, check out all of her stuff over there at Horror Retrospective. Great, great conversations. And Ian, I know you got stuff to plug, sir. Please, the floor is yours. Um, well, I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. I'm also on YouTube, primarily on YouTube. Just look up Kicking the Seat and you'll find me there. Um, doing a bunch of episodes coming out. We've got a, a 20th anniversary retrospective of Kill Bill. Um, we've got uh, you know Beyond Hammerland and another episode of Academia Giallo coming up this weekend. So yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff and kind of closing out spooky season and looking forward to I guess seeing whatever award season has to offer this year, including, I mean, I, we got to talk about Thanksgiving when it comes out next month. Um, that's, that's going to be amazing either it, way. My, so, my, yeah. my, my, pa my patrons have voted on, uh, 
Thanksgiving being their Patreon VIP episode. So, you know, if you want to slum it with me, Mr. Simmons, uh, maybe we could do that episode for the Patreon. So, <laughs> which there is a Patreon, folks. I know. You're surprised, right? No, but check it out. There's a lot of great stuff there, including hearing the conversation before the conversation. Uh, and that's uh, like real cheap tiers. I've got a new new series now. I've got to update the tier called I'd Buy That for a Dollar and a Quarter to where for the top tier, the $5 tier, I will go through a stack of movies I bought at the Dollar Tree over the past month, or the buck and a quarter tree, however you want to call it. And then we put it up for a vote, and the top three votes uh, are films that I review exclusively for those patrons on that tier. So it's uh, been a been a rocky road so far, but a little slow, but interesting journey. <laughs> Uh, but check that out on our Patreon. And here, every Monday, we're trying every Monday to be live. Uh, people keep coming back, which I appreciate very much. Thank you so much for all those who tuned in to us live. And next month, next month, folks, we've got an interesting, interesting lineup of films to come up. They're all films with the word kill in the title, but we're not Halloween kills. No, screw that. Screw that. We talked about that. <laughs> no, we're not talking about that film again. I talked about that film enough, gave it way too much attention already. But next month, November, is Killing It Month. So prepare yourselves, folks, as we talk about Dressed to Kill, A Time to Kill, Machete Kills, which will be our perfect 10 episode. And it's, <laughs> that'll be another conversation where I th Ian and I may be on opposite ends of the spectrum for that one. And... Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Oh, yeah. Digging deep. So look for that in November, plus the Patreon episode on Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you all. And I would just say a good night, everyone. Good night. Get that motherfucking ape off this motherfucking island. Or something like that. Yippee Sam, is that you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, looking for more Spoiler Room goodness? Then head on over to patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions where you can get access to even more wonderful podcast content. Hear the conversation that happens before the live broadcast. You can also get access to an exclusive VIP episode that you vote on that's especially for you or get early access to all our videos on YouTube plus more. So check it out there, folks. And the more you do there, the more we can do here. And remember, with the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.